Hello and welcome to Mr. President from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold. (laughs) Mr. President, presented by the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations. Mr. President at home in the White House, the elected leader of our country, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House, dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear, true human stories of Mr. President. Now, Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It's evening and only one window shows a light, a study on the ground floor. We enter and find ourselves in the corridor. Good evening. Won't you go right in, please? Some visitors for you, Mr. President. Hello. Sit down, won't you? You know, first and foremost, the White House is a home where an American family lives on a four-year lease. But it is also the president's office, and that means it's practically impossible to keep separate business and private life. The president has a private life, just like anyone else, and sometimes it can get quite out of hand. Now listen to this little-known story I'm going to tell you, and I think you'll see what I mean. It actually happened to one of our presidents. Later on, of course, I'll tell you which president it was, but meanwhile, see if you can guess. This story uh, does not, however, begin in the White House, but at a corner table for two in one of the more famous New York restaurants. My dear young handsome friend, will you tell me something? Anything, Patty. Do you, do you not love me? Well, that's a leading question. Uh, You always make fun of me. Well, then don't be so serious. I, uh, I'd rather see you smile. I would rather cry. Oh, the beautiful Patty Durant crying just for me? (laughs) 
Oh, no, my sweet. Save that for the stage and your audience. Oh, you do not believe anything I say. Well, you don't believe anything I say. <laughs> Let's keep it that way, shall we? I suppose you're right. Excuse me. Yes? My name's Baker. I'm a newspaper man. Oh, yes, Monsieur Baker. I'd like to ask you a question, Mr. Rand. Are you and this gentleman engaged? Pardon me, Baker. Neither of us has anything to say. I address my question to the lady. I'm answering it. Baker, will you leave us alone, please? You're missing the point. When I see a prominent young man like yourself with a promising young actress like Mr. Rand, and shall we say on numerous occasions, I got to ask questions, and the answer is news. Then there is no news. Are you going to marry Mr. Rand? Monsieur Baker, John and I are only good friends. Baker, will you please forget you ever saw us? It's not my business to forget things. When people won't give me a fair answer, I make up my own. Read the New York Chronicle tomorrow, both of you. Baker, I don't have to take this kind of abuse from you or anyone else. Oh, no, John, no, no. Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, good morning, morning, Mr. President. Uh, Please sit down, won't you? Yes, sir. After a conference with the Secretary of War, I've called this special session of the Cabinet to hear some very urgent news. He has asked General Scott to come here and report to you because he is directly familiar with the situation. All right, General. Thank you, Mr. President. Gentlemen, a rebellion has broken out in Canada against the British government. Rebellion? Yes, don't mean... Go on, General. The provinces where the fighting has taken place are on the American border. Uh, gentlemen, you can understand the danger involved. Yes, indeed. The Canadians want self-rule. And if England won't give it to them, then separation from the British Empire. Separation? Yes, separation. The question is whether we can stay out of it. That's quite right, Mr. President. Gentlemen, I've just come from the border, and I find that most of our people up there are sympathetic to the Canadians. Already an American newspaper man and former general by the name of Van Rensselaer has gone over to head up their forces and is recruiting others by the hundreds. And there's no way we can stop them now. Uh, You see, gentlemen, the Canadian-American border is a keg of dynamite. We may at any time face trouble of the gravest sort with England. I wanted you all to be familiar with the situation, and I suggest you meet with me here again tomorrow afternoon, or tomorrow morning, as you wish. Thank you, General. Yes, Miss Sarah? The cake. The cake? What cake? The cake for the reception. Oh, oh, (laughs) I've got to tell Cook what to write on it. Shall it be uh, to Elizabeth and John? What do you write on a cake at an engagement party? Well, I never thought cakes were very good writing material, Miss Sarah. Uh, Don't put anything on it. (laughs) Now, uh, what about the punch? Uh, I'll have Ralph prepare it. He's good at that. You'd better make sure what he puts in it, Mr. President. Miss Sarah, I can see that you don't trust Ralph. I'll check on that punch myself. You don't trust me either, do you? (laughs) Here are the afternoon papers, Mr. President, including the New York... What is it, Miss Sarah? This story on page one of the New York Chronicle. Let me see it. President, son, and cafe brawl with a newspaper man over stage star. Prince... Prince John denies marriage plans, does not deny seeing Miss Duran very frequently. Why, this will be in the papers all over the country. Yes, I'm afraid so. And Elizabeth has already arrived in Washington, hasn't she? Yes, she's staying with relatives meanwhile. Oh, I've warned John a hundred times to keep his name out of the papers. And now this. It's humiliating for all of us, and especially for her. 
I'm nearing the end of my rope with that boy, Miss Sarah. He means no harm, Mr. President, and he is becoming a fine lawyer. Nobody ever became a fine lawyer or a fine anything else by spending night after night getting himself in the newspapers. Well, it may have just been an innocent accident, Mr. President. When I hear of someone who has uh, one innocent accident, I can sympathize. But when a man makes a career of it... Oh, no, Miss Sarah. Something's got to be done. See that John comes to my study as soon as he arrives. Mr. President, John is here. Send him in. Will you come in, please, John? Your father's waiting. Thanks, Miss Sarah. Come over here and sit down. Oh, yes, sir. How are you, sir? You saw these newspapers, Prince John... I, uh, I never read anything but the editorials, Father. Everything else is so dull. There's nothing dull about this particular story. Well, I'm delighted to hear it, sir. That uh, newspaper man didn't look very bright. You're not taking this very seriously, are you, John? Frankly, I, I don't think it deserves to be taken seriously. Well, I've canceled your engagement party, John. What? Over this silly incident? Elizabeth didn't think it was silly. She sent a note over saying she was returning home immediately and postponing the announcement of your engagement indefinitely. Well, I think that's a ridiculous attitude for her to take. But you're engaged to her. Do you think she enjoys your getting into brawls over a girl like that? And this newspaper nickname of yours, this Prince John. Patty Durand is not a, a girl like that, Father. She's very respectable. She writes long letters to her mother in France at least once a month. John, don't you realize what a fool you're making of yourself? I'm not doing it, Father. Other people do it to me. John, I've explained to you a number of times how this sort of thing reflects on me. But you continue to get your name in the papers in the most... in the worst possible light. Don't you understand that I'm the President of the United States and you as my son hold part of that same trust? But I've grown up, Father. Nobody can hold you responsible. Don't you care anything about your own law practice? Oh, I'm doing very well, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Oddly enough, this... Uh... This kind of public notice brings me clients. John, ever since your mother died, I've tried to make it up to you. We had good times together when you were a boy, didn't we? At least I felt they were good times. I even thought I was doing a good job. Look, John, you're brilliant. You have a fine future ahead of you. But evidently, in some way, I have failed. Well, no, you haven't, sir. You've only become too, well, too serious about nothing. Besides, I've got to live my own life. Oh, every young man says that. Well, that doesn't make it wrong, sir. What are you going to do about Elizabeth? I have an idea, Father. Would you invite her here to the White House for another weekend visit? Well, she won't come. Well, I'll write to her and explain as best I can. I do honestly love her, Father, even though at times I haven't acted like it. That's just me. Well, I was afraid you thought I was forcing you on her. Well, not at all. Let's say in, in two weeks, I'll start back here to Washington right after a dinner I've got to attend. What kind of a dinner? Well, the Law Society, on Washington's birthday. And what do you think, sir? I've got to make a speech. And so it is meet that we are gathered here. Were Washington alive today and looked about him, what would he say, eh? He would say, for shame... Is this what we dedicated our lives to? A country overrun with foreigners and riffraff? Eh? I say to you, it is not. So let us rededicate ourselves to the ideals of our first president. 
I invite you to drink a toast with me, gentlemen. To George Washington, the father of our country. Good wine, that. And uh, now our next speaker, whom I need not introduce, eh? Let him rise and you will recognize him. <laughs> yes, yes. Gentlemen, I'm not going to make a long speech. I'm not going to make a short speech. I'm only going to propose a toast. The chairman has just toasted George Washington, the father of our country. I give you Martha Washington, the mother of our country. Or at least that's the way your chairman would have it. Well, well that's, that's outrageous. Good night, gentlemen. Uh, John, John. Well, I've never heard of anything like this in all my life. What an insult to the memory of our first president. You're an impudent fool. The impudence is all yours, sir. What? How dare you say that you honor a great man with your own narrow, hypocritical well, ideas? You, 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 As if George Washington would be ashamed of our country or the people in it. Ashamed of the greatest democracy on earth? You can't honor George Washington that way. John, you've been drinking. That's quite true. How else do you think I could sit through this dinner? Good night. <laughs> Miss Sarah. Oh, good evening, Mr. President. Miss Sarah, I want you to meet John's fiancée, Miss Elizabeth Vanderpool. I'm so glad to know you, Miss Sarah. We've heard a great deal about you, Miss Vanderpool. All of it's good, I hope. Oh, every bit of it. Will you excuse me, please? I want to see about the reception. It looks like a wonderful party, Mr. President. Elizabeth, I think you were very forgiving to come after what happened the last time you were in Washington. I love John very much, Mr. President. (laughs) Even if he is headstrong. I'm sure you do. When will he arrive? Well, uh, we expect him at any moment. And uh, now let me take you inside and introduce you around. <laughs> Miss Sarah, any sign of John yet? No, Mr. President. Let me know the moment he arrives. <laughs> Well, Elizabeth, enjoying yourself? Oh, I've never met so many generals and ambassadors and senators in my life. <laughs> Only where's your president? Yes? The British ambassador's anxious to talk to you, sir. He's waiting in the East Study. Thank you, Miss Sarah. Good evening, Mr. Ambassador. I trust you'll forgive this interruption of a charming evening, Mr. President. Of course. Uh, won't you sit down? Thank you. I have a duty to perform, sir. But I thought it might be better to carry it out this way rather than in a formal call. It's about Canada. The situation along the border of New York State has grown much worse. My government is dissatisfied with your inability to stop Americans from joining forces with the Canadians. If something isn't done shortly, we'll take the matter in our own hands. And that can mean serious trouble between the United States and Great Britain. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, it's only natural for Americans to be in sympathy with anyone seeking freedom. If individual American citizens want to risk their lives, that's entirely their own business, and we can't stop them. But we will not tolerate any act that infringes on the sovereign rights of the United States by your government or anyone else. Is that clear? I will convey your thoughts to my government, Mr. President. Good. Now, uh, won't you rejoin the party? Thank you, sir. Uh, By the way, your son's fiancée is charming. I've danced with her twice, sir. With your permission, I'm, I'm going to dance with her twice more. <laughs> and that's entirely her business, Mr. Ambassador. Wouldn't you come hey, along? Uh, uh, oh, oh yes, I, I see what you mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 Mr. 
Miss Sarah, hasn't John come yet? It's almost 11 o'clock. There's been no word from him, Mr. President. Well, well, ask Elizabeth to come to the anteroom, will you please? You wanted to see me, Mr. President? Uh, yes, Elizabeth. And I want to apologize for John. Oh, well, he must be delayed for some very good reason. But even so, we intended to announce your engagement tonight. I know how embarrassing and painful this is for you. Well, I... I'm sure there's a reason. Well, I don't see why you should be embarrassed any further. Uh, tell me, wouldn't you rather go up to your room? Mr. President, if John has a reason, wouldn't he be disappointed in me for running away? Oh, he's a very lucky man, Elizabeth. Oh, it, it isn't if he did it intentionally. I'm sure he doesn't really want to hurt me. <laughs> well, let's rejoin the guests, Elizabeth. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, quiet everyone. The president's going to speak. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the occasion for this gathering was to announce the engagement of my son John to Miss Elizabeth Vanderpool. Oh. I uh, I regret to say that my son has been uh, unavoidably detained, and I apologize for him and hope you'll finish the evening as enjoyably as you started. And now, Elizabeth. Yes, Mr. President. Uh, would you dance with me? Thank you, Mr. President. I'm sure of it every minute. What? That this son of mine is a very, very lucky young man. <laughs> President's son insults law society. Prince, Prince John cracks poor joke about Martha Washington. White House embarrassed by new antics of Prince John. Well, Prince John, how do you explain all this? Only another ridiculous, unimportant episode. What put it into your head to insult them? I think this is a wonderful country. I hate these self-appointed patriots who are always criticizing it. So I made my little speech and left. And forgot to come here to the White House for the weekend. I didn't forget. I was so angry and disgusted. I, well, I couldn't face another crowd. I wanted to be by myself. Do you know how you've hurt Elizabeth and humiliated her? Well, she'll understand. I'm afraid she understands a little bit too well. And on top of everything else, these newspaper stories... You remember, I warned you. Those stories aren't my fault, sir. Whose are they, then? Well, hundreds of people do worse things than I do. The newspapers pay no attention to them. John, the White House is in a delicate position. The situation in Canada is very dangerous. I need every ounce of public support I can get. It doesn't help when my own son makes the White House look ridiculous. Father, I insist it's not my fault. In any case, I've reached a decision. I want you to take a trip to Europe. Oh, an errand for you, sir? I'd like that. Uh, not exactly. I want you out of the country for a few weeks. I don't know what else to do. Father, I... I hope that a time like this would never come. But, uh, well, I want you to leave as soon as you can arrange passage and get your affairs in order. I'll take care of your expenses, and maybe the trip will give you some time to think. Now, there's one more thing. Go anywhere you like on the European continent, but stay out of England. Our relations are already in a nervous state. I don't want to risk any difficulty from your end. You will keep in touch with me, John? Yes, sir. And John, please think about what I've said, won't you? Yes, sir. Goodbye, sir. Goodbye, son. Gentlemen of the House of Representatives... 
For some weeks now, the son of our president, Prince John, has been abroad. A most suitable title, Prince John. For in France, he was received with every mark of royal homage. And now, as we read in the newspapers, England has received him with similar enthusiasm. And he has had tea at the palace. (laughs) What has Prince John done for his country to distinguish him? Of course, I am told he is a very clever young gentleman. Other high officials of our government have visited England and have been ignored by British royalty, but not our Prince John. What does this mean? At a moment when England and America are at sword point over Canada. Miss Sarah, John went to England in spite of my warning. Send him word to come back at once. Yes, what is it? It's General Scott, Mr. President. I must see you at once. Oh, come in, come in. Oh, uh, Mr. President, I'm sorry to awaken you at four in the morning, but there's no time to waste. What is it, General? Serious trouble at the Canadian border, sir. What? For some weeks, the Canadians have been buying supplies on the American side. I've been taking them across the Niagara River to the headquarters in a riverboat, the Caroline. An American vessel? Yes, sir. Now I've just received the news. A body of government forces at England's direction crossed the river, cut the boat loose, set fire to her, and killed over 20 men of the crew. That's murder, General. Yes, official murder. The charred bodies of the murdered men were found floating in the river below Niagara Falls. It was a flagrant invasion of American territory, sir. What do you wish me to do? Do? There's only one thing to do, General. Send a strong force of troops to guard the border. Good morning, Mr. President. Good morning, General. Have my orders been carried out? Yes, sir. The troops have been ordered north. The entire border country is aroused against this outrage. I want you to go to Buffalo yourself, General. Do everything you can to maintain order. Yes, sir. This morning, I received a very unpleasant note from Great Britain. They virtually admit the Caroline was burned under official orders, and they threaten more serious action unless individual American citizens stop helping the Canadians. More serious action, Mr. President. War? I don't know, General. Mr. President, a message from John. He's arriving in a few days from England. John, did you have a pleasant trip? Wonderful, sir. I thought I told you to stay out of England. Father, will you let me explain? I'll only be too delighted. As soon as I reached England, I I knew I'd made a mistake. But, well, then it was too late for me to leave without insulting a great many people. You couldn't insult anybody. But you did make a fool of yourself. And you opened the White House to new criticism. Did you hear about Congressman Ogle's speech in the House? He made the whole country laugh at you. And at the White House. I read the speech, sir, on my way back here. And, well, sir, that's one of the things that woke me up. Don't you think it's a little too late for that? Your antics over there have made us look ridiculous and at a moment like this. You couldn't have picked the worst time to act up if you'd planned it. Don't you see the position we're in? We were the victims in the Caroline incident, but they're hitting at war. That practically forces me to take a strong tone in return, or our own people will think I'm knuckling down. Father, you... You know I had tea at the palace with the queen. Uh, she's very charming. Well, she's, she's a fine woman, sir. Yes, and quite pretty, too, I understand. Yes, sir. 
Oh, John. She spoke very warmly of the United States. John, do you mean to say that you had the audacity to discuss American foreign policy with the Queen of England? Well, rather, sir, she discussed it with me. This is a diplomatic problem. Don't you realize that? I realize that the Queen doesn't want war. And I'm sure she'll see to it that her ministry avoids it. How can she? She mentioned something about a change in her ministry. Wouldn't that do it, sir? Hmm? Well, maybe a new foreign secretary who'd be less peppery than the man they've got now, but on the other hand... I'm sure you can rely on it, sir. I got to know the Queen pretty well. And I know there'll either be a change in the foreign secretary's ideas or a change in foreign secretaries. John, are you possible... I'd stake my reputation. Your what? Well... (laughs) I'm positive, sir. I see. Now, John, if you're right, it would change things and it would change the whole situation. I could risk a more conciliatory message to Congress instead of the one I had prepared. Take my word for it. Well, I'd be banking on your estimate of human nature, John. Well, I I, I realize you haven't much confidence in me, but I have learned a lesson, and after all, it's better to take a chance on me than on war, isn't it, sir? that I speak to you today. I have good reason to believe that war with England and Canada will be avoided. The burning... The burning of the Caroline was an extraordinary outrage, and the United States government expects full redress to be made, and that the Canadian government will make every effort to punish the aggressors. However, it is the policy of the United States to go to all possible lengths to lay a lasting foundation for perpetual peace and harmony between the United States, our neighbor Canada, and Great Britain. If this attitude is shared by the other governments concerned, no obstacle to a lasting peace can be too great. President. Yes, Miss Sarah. Here are the newspapers. Oh, thank you. Uh, John is in all of them again. Oh, no, no. Where is he? Just coming in, Father. John, I thought you were through with all those antics of yours. Well, I, I am, sir. But you're in all the papers again. Look, did you read the stories? No, I didn't. Let me see them. President's son announces engagement to Elizabeth Vanderpool. Prince John to become quiet husband. Well, this is good news. Oh, but now I, I have some bad news. Oh, my. Father, what would you say if I ran for Congress in the next election? You call that bad news, John? Maybe that's what you should have done a long time ago. You know, congressmen can do almost anything. <laughs> Well, we'll see you at dinner time, Father. I want to take Elizabeth for a ride around Washington. Surely, of course. Goodbye, John. (laughs) Mr. President, will you be giving a party for the... Wedding? For the wedding, of course. Then I think I know what to write on the cake. Yes, their names. Now, I think it would be nice to put for Elizabeth and Prince John. (laughs) Well, now, why not make it... Princess Elizabeth, and be done with it. After all, I think she earned the reward. (laughs) I think so, too. Good night, Mr. President. Good night, Miss Sarah. (laughs) 
John and Elizabeth Vanderpool were soon married. And the wedding cake said, for Princess Elizabeth and Prince John. He ran for Congress and was elected and went on to a long and brilliant career. And we settled the danger of war with England over Canada. And in the end, the Canadians won their point. They obtained full self-rule and stayed in the British family of nations as they are today. Now, have you guessed which president it was when these events took place? He was our first president to be born an American citizen. All of his predecessors were born British subjects. And the time was early 19, 1841. And Martin Van Buren <laughs> lived in the White House and was finishing his term as Mr. President. I hope you'll come and see me again next week. I have another story I'm sure you'll enjoy. Good night. Mr. Arnold appears by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Romance of Rosie Ridge, starring Van Johnson, Thomas Mitchell, and Janet Lee. Mr. President is presented each week by the American Broadcasting Company. It is produced by Robert D. Jennings, directed by Dwight Hauser. Miss Sarah is played by Betty Lou Gerson. Tonight's story by Paul R. Milton was suggested by incidents in the administration of President Martin Van Buren. Music was composed and conducted by Basil Adler. Sure to listen again next week when Edward Arnold brings you another story of Mr. President. Now, here's a special program note. For a brisk, sparkling commentary on the news highlights of the week, don't miss Walter Winchell when he returns to his ABC microphone Sunday night. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. <laughs>